The Last Supper with Steph DeSosa. Thanks for dropping by. Come and sass Steph's Life Spice. All her socials at spicysteph.com. Today on The Last Supper podcast, I've got Jess Cons. She's the founder, CEO, boss lady of Eatsy, a company changed the way people discover food in a visual and personalised way. Think Tinder for food. That's what Jess's app, Eatsy, is all about. Jess from Eatsy, thank you so much for coming in and joining me today. And thank you for having me. My pleasure. <laughs> you are a very much an evolving business, aren't you? Yes, it feels that way. Yeah, so <laughs> I first discovered you guys from Crave at Newcastle, which is like an Instagram page where you do everything cafe and restaurant and recommendations and all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, like we cover businesses. all things food. Um, that Yeah, that started pretty organically, actually. I'm a huge foodie and yeah. just started posting photos of food from cafes and restaurants that I was eating at, but it was to my personal Instagram and some of my friends were like, Jess, you post so Stop many photos it. of food. Maybe <laughs> you should start your own page. So yeah. I did and then, yeah, people started following it. So but yeah, it was um, that was kind of the start of it all. So were you a marketing person? I wasn't. I actually have a background in hospitality, like working in front of house. And I always thought I'd open up a cafe or restaurant one day. Um, I just found my love for marketing when I was actually supervising in a cafe and they were like, run the Instagram. And I was like, yeah, I could do that. And then I loved that so much more than the actual service part of hospitality. So yeah, I quit my job and started posting on this Instagram more frequently. And we started getting asked by cafes and restaurants that would feature if we could actually then run their social media. Ah. And I remember the first person that ever asked me, I was just like, oh my God, I'm so not equipped for this. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. There's no way I should be charging for this. Yeah. And I, I remember like straight up front saying that. I was like, I don't feel comfortable charging for this. They're like, well, it's either you take the money and I hate it and, and we stop doing it or yeah. you take my money and I love it and we keep working together. Yeah, well, that's actually a really positive way of looking at yeah, it. Yeah, really? exactly. Yeah. And so were you taking your photos yourself? Yeah, yeah. Do you so still do that? I, I don't. So I take good iPhone photos, but yeah. I remember um, I went to one feature by myself and I walked out feeling really unprofessional because I had like my iPhone and I went okay. to the shops and I bought myself a camera and it was kind of like that fake it till you make it moment where yeah, I was yeah. just like... Did you even know what camera to buy? I, I had no idea. I was yeah. like, get me the most beginner's basic camera I can like <laughs> not, you know, stuff this up yeah, with. Yeah. And I started shooting myself early on and then we got to the point where we're getting booked for like paid shoots and I was like, okay, I'm so out of my depth. Like I, I need really to. need to book a photographer. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I brought on a professional photographer and that was kind of the start of the agency. So yeah, after Crave Newcastle, we started Crave New Media, which is a marketing agency specifically for cafes and restaurants. Yeah. And yeah, my first hire, I was kind of like, I guess this is kind of an agency like I have clients and we have staff and before I knew it we had a decent sized team and I was like I guess I'm running a business it's an agency wow <laughs> it's just such an organic way to yeah. start and yeah. to move on yeah I was like 20 years old I'm 26 wow. now so I was like it was my first business and I can comfortably say I had no idea what I was doing to start off yeah, with well, and yeah it was sort of it was just learn as you go I made I a lot of mistakes social <laughs> media is like that though isn't it, it? Is, it yeah. is you can't just sit down and study how to run an Instagram page it's, no it's trial by error really it is and we were in the fortunate position I think why I learned so quickly is because we worked with a lot of restaurants and cafes we were able to try so many different things that worked for some and worked you know didn't Didn't work work for others instead of just like you know someone starting up their own business and they're only doing marketing themselves it's really hard to split test and like try things and we just had we had other people's money to work with like you know when we're running Facebook ads it was great learning and really successful I mean to have 47,000 followers 
in a local yeah. area, yeah. in a niche area, is huge. That's yeah. a massive following. And Newcastle is just like, it's such a special place in my heart as well. Like now I started to expand into other areas, coming back to Newcastle and being able to say the name Crave and people recognising it yeah. is just like such a, it's such a proud moment. Yeah, that's really it, it, Yeah. And, you know, I go anywhere else and nobody knows who I am. But yeah. Newcastle, it feels, um, yeah, it's really special to yeah, have so many people know about the Instagram page and, yeah. yeah, the humble beginnings of it. Now, tell me about Eatsy, who you very funnily describe as Tinder for <laughs> restaurants and cafes. Yeah, Tinder for I food. I love that. And, and you are doing huge things with this. It's it's been like a crazy last six months. I started the app about two years ago in Newcastle. It was called Crave. And then I had the opportunity to pitch like startup Shark Tank style at a pitching competition in Sydney. It was called Launch Festival. And I remember seeing the application process for it and it was like the winner will get $100,000 in 12 weeks in San Francisco going through an accelerator program. And I was like, whoa, this is huge. I honestly was just like for me – I was like, okay, this is Sydney. It's a pretty big audience. A lot of people will go to this. Like, chances are I'm not going to win it. But if I don't, like, it's still a thousand people that will know about Crave that didn't before. So that's honestly, like, why I applied. I was like, I just want to tell more people about this app. Hopefully they download it. And then, um, yeah, we ended up winning it. Whoa, and I was just amazing. like, it changed my life. It Someone honestly from did. little old Newcastle. Yeah, and that was the, the thing. Smoke. Honestly, like in Sydney, I'd pitched at other things before and I'd have been told by people, you're not going to be taken seriously until you're outside of Newcastle. Like word for word, you are just a little Newcastle business. Interesting, and it was just that? like, it's crazy. Why does location even matter anymore? Especially not for technology. World, like you could yeah. be anywhere in the world. I could be in Bali running it and no one yeah, would even know. Like absolutely. technology just doesn't, doesn't matter where you are. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, I think that because the pitching competition was run by Americans, they had no idea like Sydney versus Newcastle no, so versus they didn't Melbourne. Have any perceived exactly, ideas. there was no, there was yet yeah, no preconceived perception on like little old Newcastle yeah, that's or amazing. or me. And yeah, so I was one of three winners that went across. They picked it. They picked three people to go to America, which is incredible. And uh, yeah, I went to San Francisco for I ended up being there for six months, and wow. I only got back about two months ago. Oh really? Yeah, in August. So it was this year. It was just like I couldn't believe how I'd gone from like Newcastle to then like San Francisco like we didn't we didn't expand anywhere else we didn't do Sydney yet we hadn't done Melbourne it was just like oh my god I'm going to San Francisco Newcastle to San Francisco yeah yeah it was massive and it's been a massive like shock coming back as well San Francisco is just like a whole nother beast yeah going over there and going through an accelerated program it was very focused around fundraising so yeah if anyone's ever listened to Shark Tank or watched that it was like the real life version of that for like three months of my life eaten alive yeah, literally. It's yeah. like I've got very thick skin after that experience, yeah. that's for sure. Yeah. yeah, it's like, you know, spend three months with everyone telling you that, you know, it's not going to work or or they want more validation because you need more downloads or you need more revenue, all these things where it's just like you just have to have so much belief in what you're doing and yeah. so much passion for it because a lot of the time people are not going to believe in what you're doing. It sounds like it's a tech version of MasterChef. That's yeah, what it sounds like. honestly, yeah, I feel like you can totally relate. I, know I can. Yeah. Hearing you say all that, it's like, yep, I hear you. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, I love it, but it's painful when someone tells me that they yeah. don't love it. I know, it's crazy. Yes. So what has happened as a result of this amazing experience in San Francisco? Well, I think a lot of people took us more seriously. Yeah. And I, I learned so much personally and professionally being there as well. Like to go over to San Francisco and spend six months in another country and, yeah. you know, going through such a prestigious accelerator program. I met some incredible people that I, and pitched at some of the biggest venture capital firms like in the world that I still pinch myself when I think yeah. about what I was able to do. But the best thing about it was we were actually able to raise a small pre-seed round. So oh, wow. a lot of companies that go into tech and 
and they, you know, they want to grow, they'll go out and raise money and they'll get a small backing to be able to hire more people. And we were at this critical point in the business where I had so much I wanted to do, but not enough money to be able to hire the people that I wanted to help build this and create it to be something bigger than just Newcastle. So we raised uh, $350,000 after this, which is incredible. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money, but you'll be surprised how quickly it It can go. Yeah, especially when you're working. It's not many wages, is it? Well, developers are expensive and, you know, just just marketing, everything is more expensive these days to get eyeballs to see. Yeah, it's (laughs) really competitive. Yeah, so it'll go quickly and then hopefully by then we'll continue growing and have more revenue and more restaurants. Yeah, so that was the best thing is people took us more seriously and actually wanted to back us. That's really exciting. Yeah. So where is Eatsy available? So is the app available in San Francisco or is it just in Australia? Yeah, so it's it's globally available. Yeah. We have have the most restaurants available in Newcastle and Sydney. We have some in San Francisco as well, but it's kind of this whole chicken and the egg side of the business where if we haven't signed restaurants up first, it's not as an amazing user experience because you don't have many restaurants to discover. But we're working through that. Like this, we are very much still in what I call like startup phase where we're trying to work out how we can grow this platform to be uh, you know faster to scale faster to more areas because you think about it if you went to you know order an uber and there's no drivers in your area you're not going to have a great experience with uber so they sign up all the drivers first and then start promoting it yeah so i think it's just a challenge that we're we're still facing and if anyone wants to download it and check it out they can swipe through dishes in newcastle sydney and san francisco i've done that yeah i've been Um, in and checked it out it's really cool yeah but if you're anywhere else in the world then then you can just discover dishes that are like hundreds of thousands of kilometers away from you but it's fun anyway yeah maybe people will fly to newcastle to try them you never know (laughs) yes yeah it's very cool so are you taking the photos of the food for these people as well currently we do yeah Yeah. so we'll send a photographer to the restaurant we'll photograph it all that's a big part of the value proposition to restaurants as well a lot of them don't have great photos of of their food their venue of like really anything yeah and we believe that that content is you know incredibly valuable for them to be able to use on their website their social media but then as well as on our platforms so yeah we have a a free subscription model where if they give us the photos then they can list totally for free but if they want us to connect them with a photographer to create that content as well we have a monthly subscription yeah yeah how did your business crave go while you're in San Francisco we we have an amazing team behind that so they were running that for me while I was gone which was great but again like it's a huge thing to just uproot and go over there when I when I first found out that I won launch I was like oh my god now I have to go to San Francisco yeah and then again all my ducks in a row Yeah. yeah so it was it wasn't an overnight thing like I took probably about five months actually getting my ducks in a row and finding yeah. someone to replace my role because I was full-time working for the agency mm. and, you know, running that business. Yeah. And Etsy was just like my little side hustle where I was like, hopefully this thing comes to life one day. And, you know, we launched the first MVP and that was so exciting. People started downloading it. That was exciting. But it was never really the business that I put all my focus in. Yeah. It's just like my passion project. Yeah. And then um, when we had like 20,000 people in Newcastle download the app and I was like, this That's has amazing. to exist in more areas. So, yeah, I found someone to replace my role in the agency when I was in America. Yeah. And uh, I actually just stepped back from the agency a few months ago. So someone else is running that now. Wow. Officially sold the business and oh, now yeah, I'm focusing all awesome. on Etsy. Yeah. 
Wow, that's yep. a huge step. Huge step, yes. Yeah. Yep. So the person that's running it now and, and owns, owns the agency, she was worked, worked for me for about two years before, so it was yep. internal. Um, yeah, it all happened internally. She's incredible. She's just such a perfect fit for it. And oh, that's it, it was quite serendipitous how it all happened. So yeah, yeah now meant I can focus. It was meant to be, yeah. Now I can focus all my energy on Etsy and we need to be in more markets, whereas the agency is very much just like Newcastle focused. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, some things are meant to be local and yeah. some things aren't, right? Exactly, yeah. yeah. So are you planning? on staying in Australia now? Well, when I got back from San Francisco, I I was in Newcastle for about a month and I was like, oh, I need to get out of my comfort zone and I need to launch this in a new market. I personally feel like we have saturated Newcastle. Like we've been here for five years and every restaurant in Newcastle knows who Crave is. Like we don't need to continue selling Crave to Newcastle restaurants. So so I was like, what's the next adjacent market? So I moved to Sydney. Yeah, so but I still spend a lot of my time in Newcastle. My team are here. So many of our clients are here. So Sydney was the next market. I do have plans to go back to America next year. Yeah. Uh, I think that it will probably end up being LA mid next year because yeah. I think if I, th- you know, if you look at market opportunity and the size of America versus Australia, yeah. I think targeting America is definitely a great step for us. Yeah. But it's just about like capital and, and being able to afford to do it as well. To live yeah. in America is so much more expensive than Australia. Oh, really? So I've actually not been to America. So oh, honestly, well, you think about it, most of the prices of things are the same, but then you have to convert it to yeah, American. So it ends up being like, you know, you buy a coffee in America and it's $6, but then you convert it and it's like $10. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's so expensive, especially San Francisco. Yeah. And then also employing people over there is a lot more expensive. So, than it is here. Yeah, especially in tech. So developers can yeah. start at, you know, 200 k for a junior position because wow. Google and Facebook yeah, and all, all these popular. huge companies are snabbling up these developers for crazy yeah. prices and little old startups like me can't really compete you against that. You compete, don't you? Yeah. yeah, and the only incentive you can really give is equity and, yeah. you know, if for the right people then that definitely works. But a lot of people just don't, they're not incentivized by that. that. They're like, sorry, unless you're going to give me 200k. I want cash. I want cash. <laughs> so what's the goal? What's your big goal? Um, I would say the big goal is that I, I just want Etsy to exist as a household name when it comes to discovering places to dine. I think that the way that people discover food now when it comes to restaurants with like, you know, TripAdvisor and Google and Yelp, they're all very review-based focus. I think it's more important to be discovering the food that the restaurant makes rather than a review about their business. You know when you go to a cafe or restaurant and someone will be like, you you have to try this dish, like this is the dish you have to try. I think that it should be about the food. And I just want to reposition that where people think about discovering the food from restaurants rather than just like what the business has been reviewed as. So I would love us to be the size of Yelp or Google. I don't think we'll be the size of Google. Um, Why not? But but imagine if we were like the size of Yelp, for example. There's no reason why, you know, a platform like this can't scale that big. Well, I can't see any reason why wouldn't be and yeah you are unique right I think that what we do is very unique there's no other platform that focuses on the dish yeah I don't know of anything else they all go after you know reviews and and it's all about the business listing which I think is great for people wanting to you know try and find a restaurant that makes good Mexican but you know whatever the cuisine is I think there's like there's definitely a you know formula where that works and that's why these companies have done so well but I think they're missing the one key thing which is like what is the dish from this restaurant that I need to try yeah and having people be able to use a platform like Etsy to 
tell people about those dishes they're trying yes. as well like that's a model that we're trying to move more towards where yeah. for example you probably have like a bunch of great cafes and restaurants that you go to where you just get the same thing every oh, single time yeah every time exactly so imagine if you were able to tell your friends and other people that know you as the foodie that you are yeah. about those dishes yeah that would just be amazing focusing more on that rather than the restaurant is what we're trying to angle down yeah that's amazing so yeah it's such a different way of of looking at yeah completely and food it? is so visual like discovering it needs to be visual too i think absolutely. that absolutely Instagram has changed the game for that where you'll be like, okay, you know, there's this new restaurant in town. You'll jump on Google and maybe look at their reviews on their web, their menu, but then, you know, you'll go on Instagram to see what the food actually yeah. looks like. So we're trying to pull all that together so we can have one central place where you can see you the menu and you can, you know, know exactly what the food looks like yeah. and all the information you need to know about that restaurant and yeah. what dish you should try. <laughs> yeah, which is great. I know I used to be a massive TripAdvisor fan, yeah, especially yeah. when I was travelling. Yeah. And then I realised that there's some countries overseas that have actually worked TripAdvisor out and they mm, just yeah. clearly pay people to do the reviews. And I've gotten yeah. stuck a few times and there's one country in particular that it was – Oh my god, it was terrible. Some of the places that I picked to stay and places mm-hmm. that I picked to eat were just terrible. Yeah. So to eliminate that would be great to be able to actually see. For yeah, absolutely. Exactly I think what is authentic. You're right. A lot of people have hacked those systems yeah. where they know that the more reviews they get, the more people will come, even yeah. if it's a good experience or if it's not. And yeah, absolutely. And a lot of restaurants hate these review platforms because people will come and like competitors will write negative reviews yes. and there's nothing they can do about it. Yeah. Or you know, or the it, people don't like what they get it's not that it's bad it's just that it's not their personal preference exactly well the thing is when you think about a lot of these restaurants and cafes like they could have you know 30 plus dishes on the menu and someone will go there and they'll just try one and they'll review the entire experience based based on on that that one one dish dish, and it's like that that one waitress or the one waitress having a bad night exactly and (laughs) i think that's what's really frustrating about that is restaurants i feel like they get the the hard stick of it when it comes to that because you know, the person that's running that, that's putting their heart and soul into it, that might have one person that doesn't care about, you know, their job that day. Yeah. And maybe the, the meal came out and, and they were busy and it wasn't what they would usually yeah. serve up. But their entire restaurant's being reviewed on that one Based experience. On that so one experience. I just want to change that. Yeah. yeah. That's exciting. That's yeah. really exciting, actually. It's such a new way of looking at things that I don't think, well, definitely hasn't been done before. Yeah, there's, there's a, f- a lot of scope for you to grow. There is. There's so much scope to grow. That's it. And that's what I'm excited about is like I already love what it is now and then I look at it and I'm like, imagine in 10 years' time. Like mm. this is this has just got imagine. so much room to grow and we have more creative people coming on board because like right now like I'm a solo founder and this is very much like driven by my own. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll go to sleep at night and I'll think of some new idea and I'm like, yes, that's, that, that's the thing, like let's build that. But I just can't wait for more people to be on board with this journey and you know, watch this company grow as well. I'm excited about it. Yeah, I mean, like listening to founders where it's like, you know, Instagram started as two co-founders. Yeah, And exactly. then they, you know, they grew to this incredibly huge, huge company yeah. that now everyone in the world uses. Yeah. And those kind of stories, they just make me so yeah. excited. One of these days I'm going to hear about Etsy being <laughs> bought out for millions and millions of dollars by Google or someone like that. You can look back on this podcast and I'll be like, no, we'll we'll never be as big as them. (laughs) No, no, I really believe and I I can just feel your energy coming and your passion. That's all it takes is energy and passion, right? And a belief in yourself. I think you have to love what you do. (laughs) Is this a five-headed iTunes podcast? If so, leave a review. If not, fuck you. We need to talk about your I last feel like supper. Yes. We need to talk about last your last supper. supper. 
Yes. So tell me what, if it was your last supper, what would you want to eat? Yes. So I love Middle Eastern food. Oh my God. I love it. Love it. Love it. We don't have enough of it in Newcastle. No, we don't. I feel like there is not one good Middle Eastern. Like there is actually just nowhere that does it. It's such a gap in the market. If anyone's listening to this and can make good Middle Eastern food, start up a restaurant, please. Yes. I'll help. I'll help promote you. I promise. (laughs) (laughs) So I love a good meze plate, but it has to be like, I, I make one that I think is just like all the things that if it was my last things supper I would yeah so it's got to have like a really good flatbread yeah it's got to have some tabbouleh with some pomegranate yeah, yeah. baba ganoush yeah tzatziki yeah. tum which is like the garlic oh, paste yes I love tum oh it's so good uh, it's so especially good if it's made well it's yeah I, I learned how to make it myself and it's so easy oh, so um and then the final ingredient which is like the one that really separates it most people would have a plate like this with falafels or something like that. And I love halloumi. I love halloumi so much. Oh, yeah. And if you bake it in honey and thyme, oh. it is like transformed. Yum. So halloumi on this plate is like... It just takes it to the takes next it to level. Next level. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, put some put some falafels on there. I'm not going to complain. No, But it's got to have halloumi. Oh, yum. Yum. I love <clears throat> so that would be my last supper. Yum. That yum. sounds delicious. Have you got a Middle Eastern background? Have I don't. No, I'm actually half Hungarian. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. So, big. yeah. But I, I was vegetarian for 18 years growing up. So yeah. I love vegetarian food. Yeah. Really, really love you know, anything to do with that Middle Eastern style diet yeah. because it's so fresh, it's oh, so yeah. tasty and it's, it's mostly vegetarian food as well. Yeah, it is. Actually, I was talking to someone the other day. I was saying how much I loved Middle Eastern food. Yeah. I just think it's tasty without being offensive. Don't get me wrong. I love spicy food. Mm. I love Indian food and Thai and yeah. all the rest of it. Yeah. But I just find Middle Eastern is just one of those foods that you can eat any time. Yes, like, yeah. You don't have to be in the mood for it because it's yeah. really... I don't know. It's just really, um, it's fresh and vibrant and it's tasty. so approachable. Yeah, it is. I agree. It just yeah. Yep. Yeah, Has anyone asked you this question? Can I ask you what your last oh, offer is? No. I, I feel like I really need to know. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. And your listeners need to know. I really do. No one has ever. No one has has asked me, so I'm not prepared. Oh, what? But I know. I know. Oh goodness me, my last supper. I feel like this is a really hard question for you oh, because it is. you're. But you yeah. know what? I, I think my last supper would change on a daily basis. Okay, you're depending right. Depending on what I have. But so how about today? Today, <laughs> today I'm thinking it would be pasta. Pasta? Homemade pasta, mm. I think. Um, what are you going to put in the pasta? I think it would be a ragu. Yeah, okay. I definitely okay. think it would be a ragu. Do you I make a mean ragu? I do make a mean ragu, but I'd yeah. like somebody else to make it for me. Yeah, I mean, I if it's your last supper, yeah, you, put, you put your feet back. I know, exactly, exactly. And I think it would need to have... Beautiful green Sicilian olives in it. I love green Sicilian yes. olives. Oh yes. my god, so absolutely. Good. Yep, and so much Parmesan cheese that it's almost all offensive. of the Parmesan. Yeah, like when they're grating it on there and they like tell me when to stop, oh. and it's just like the whole stop. table's covered in Parmesan yes. cheese. So good. <laughs> uh, and I get I get so cranky when they just bring you a little bowl. Oh, it's, like, it's just really? like no, I'm not a mouse. Not I need okay. much more Parmesan than so this. So much more Parmesan. <laughs> yes, so much more. And I'd like like a bit of a. A bit like you, like a meze plate mm. as a starter. Mm-hmm. You know, just yes. like a little bit of yeah. everything. Because I was contemplating saying a cheese platter <gasps> as well. But mm. I was like, I think that I think that I would go cheese plate second. Yeah. I have to be the meze plate first and then and cheese then after. Cheese plate second. Yeah. I'm gonna go dessert before the cheese plate. Oh my god, yes, dessert. Yeah. I don't know how I'm gonna fill this in, but I'm gonna give it a crack. Dessert, I think. Look, I'm gonna go really old school. 
I'm going to go probably a pavlova. A pavlova. I know. That's like my signature dish. I get oh, asked really? to make that every single Christmas. Oh, really? Yes, I make a pavlova every Christmas. What do you put on the top of your pavlova? Um, usually I just do like passion fruit. I'll do, obviously, you know, do whipped cream and then yeah. passion fruit, raspberries and strawberries. It's not very like innovative. It's just like, it's just, you it's know, it's the classic. Yeah. It's the classic one. Yeah, I know. I put mascarpone on mine oh, now. Oh, okay. Mascarpone and cream mixed okay. together. Mixed together. Yeah. I'm going to try that. Yeah, it's really nice. Just gives it a little bit more of a tang. Okay, all right. Then, then so you just, just whip it together? Yeah. Oh, no, or I whip the cream first. And, and then, then you fold well, it together. Almost with like a really light whip and then put the mascarpone in okay. there. Okay, I'm actually going to try this this Christmas. Yeah, it's really And good. if everyone loves it, I'll just give it credit just, to it's you. It's yours. Yeah. No, it's yours. You <laughs> no, no, credit, 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 credit's <laughs> due. You. So what about your dessert? What's your last dessert? Um, can I pick two again? Yeah, yeah, you can do whatever you like. It's your last one. <laughs> okay, good. I really love a good fudgy chocolate brownie. Oh, I was thinking like how best. good is it when you eat a brownie and it's really fudgy but it's also like kind of – gooey but then also like crispy on the outside yeah. I'm like I was like how do you That's even describe kind it of the perfect brownie really and then do you like it vanilla? warm or do you like it cold see I could have it cold because then it's fudgier yeah me too I yeah because when um, you, it makes it warm it's kind of like it's a bit on the gooey side it's a bit like a cake then. yeah it's not exactly like no so I yeah, could go cold you. but then maybe some vanilla bean ice cream with it or something like that totally yeah and then this is really random but I was thinking about the flavor combinations of things that I just like love so much in life and it's coconut and oats so an Anzac biscuit oh. I like maple syrup coconut and oats are probably three of the most like delicious flavors I've ever had really? yeah I don't know why I love it so much I just like love Anzac biscuits really isn't that random. random if I was gonna die and never be able to eat dessert ever yeah. again I'd have a damn Anzac biscuit <laughs> <laughs> I'd do it that is so bizarre where yeah. does that come from where did you have, I have no family? idea did your mum make no no I just yeah it's just a thing that I, I just love you and I, I have this like granola recipe that I make that super simple I just blend oats with dates coconut and then you just blend it and then bake it and it tastes like an Anzac biscuit oh, I put it on like acai bowls and oh yum. my god it's so sounds good so good I wish we had a bowl of it just to try now yum that sounds really good yeah. you know what I made before is a toasted oat ice cream oh my god you See, speaking oats. my language I know so you just toast the oats yeah and then you immerse them in the milk and the cream okay yeah yeah and let it sit for 24 hours and then strain it oh, yum. and then you've got that toasty oat flavor in so if you added cream. like some maple syrup or something, you would be able to have Anzac biscuit ice yeah. cream essentially. And you know what you could do? You could use coconut milk instead of normal oh milk. Oh my and then you goodness. Would have coconut. Can you please create this? Yes, yeah, sure. Will you do it? Will um, you make this ice cream? You've actually got me going now. I yeah. Need to, I need to do yeah. it now. <laughs> I mean, all beautiful. my Instagrams is full of food. Like, it's literally all I do. Yeah. So, I'm constantly I feel like we're so much in common. <laughs> yes. I, we photograph the food, you make it. Yeah, that's exactly right. So yeah. it goes, right? <laughs> exactly. Has to be done. Has to be done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much for coming in. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's thank really you for nice inviting to have me. you in the studio, which is extra special. I know. Um, and I can't wait to see you on the Young Millionaires list because I feel like it's going to happen. I've had a few people say like 30 under 30. I'm like, yep. I've got a few more years left. I'm 26 now. so I think you'll be right. <laughs> I think you'll get there. Got to hustle hard for the yeah, next few years and we'll see where do. it goes. <laughs> Oh, well, thank you so much for saying that. It's just so lovely. My pleasure. Take care. If you like the service, tip us with a review on iTunes. It's free, you tight ass. 